For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all your sports betting needs. Visit the website today at betonline.ag or your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, check out Bets Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 37 of the podcast welcomes Bailey Kate, former punter for Old Dominion University. Kate grew up in Orange Park, Florida, where he averaged 44 yards a punt his senior year, and he was named the number one punter in Florida by several recruiting services. In his true freshman season at Old Dominion, Kate was named to the Conference USA All-Freshman Team. In this freshman campaign, he punted 57 times with 23 fair catches and 25 punts downed inside the 20. He also kicked two extra points and was one for one on field goals against NC State. Kate would go on to appear in every game the next three seasons at Old, D- Old Dominion University, setting records for punts in a season with 66, punts inside the 20 with 84, and the Old Dominion University career record for career punts with 244, totaling 9,648 yards. Quick math, that is five and a half miles. Bailey, it's a pleasure having you on the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Coach. Thanks for having me on. I was wondering when you're going to call me off the bench. I saw all my peers on here. Yeah, man. I, you know, I saved the best for last. And for the, <laughs> audience, for the audience, like I have known Bailey, I think, I can't recall, was it 15 or 16 that I met you? You met me and knew who I was in 15, but I remember meeting you at uh, UAB camp. Um when they it was right before they had shut down the program so maybe that was 14 or 13. Wow yeah it's crazy you know now it makes me feel so old but now you guys are in sales and doctors and getting your PhDs and settling down with girls and about to have babies like me it's just it's cool I'll be honest but internally I'm like please everyone stop getting so old because I'm the oldest. <laughs> I hear so, that. Yeah, you're a grown man now, and I'm proud of you. And we're going to talk about what it is you're doing at the end. But I want to start 
with something that's very important and we often talk about on this show, and that's transitioning from high school to college. Uh, many athletes need a year or two to get adjusted to a higher level of play. I want to know, what do you credit for being able to play as a true freshman and make such an impact right away? Um, I think it was all the work that I put into it. Um, I trained for that moment. I didn't train to be on the college team. I trained to play on the field. So there's a lot of work that I did that went unseen. Um, and I think that's, you know, what prepared me for that. Um, now that I'm over it, um, I'm out of it. I'll brag on myself a little bit regarding this, but I was the guy that was up at LA Fitness at 5 a.m. before school started at 7.20, um, working out. And that was three days a week on top of that. Um, after school, I was doing some drill. I was doing drill work, um, more weight or stretches, plyo work, um, you know, whatever it may be. But all that extra work I put in and I always envisioned myself being out on that field, um, you know, kind of prepared me for that. So I think that definitely um, had me ready for that. And then I played a lot of different sports as well. So I played quarterback. So the crowd and, you know, having the pressure on me wasn't too much um, when it all boiled down to it. Yeah, you one thing I will say about you as a coach and what I remember vividly about you is that you are my favorite type of person in this sense. You didn't need to show me or tell me uh, all these times that you were doing the extra. Uh, I think because you knew that that's what's expected of or what it takes to, to do it. You know, I think that a lot of kids will take pride in never missing a practice, but I think those kids sometimes miss the point that practice is it's when we can all get together. It's, it's when time permits schedules, you know, we have to really schedule these things to get groups together. However, there's a lot more time that's independent time. And a lot of people don't take full advantage of that independent time. And I think that you were one of those people that, that you saw that, man, I have so much time in the day to get everything done. I just need to organize it, come up with a short and long-term plan and pick on my areas of concern, my tendencies, so it's phenomenal. And I think that what you said is true. Quarterback or anything for that matter, uh, outside of kicking and punting and snapping, I think it's important for these kids to do other things. And I found that like pitchers and real good golfers, uh, those are oftentimes the best specialists because they're not just specialized in one thing. And we do talk about that all the time. Uh, so yeah, you are a big dude too. What are you, 6'4"? I'm 6'4", and back then, I think I was like 170. I was a little skinny guy. Now I'm 200. Um, yeah, you are I mean, you look like a quarterback. I remember <laughs> I was like, this this kid is a horse, you know? Uh, and that oftentimes really transitions well for punters, right? Yeah, I think um, you hit something there. Um, the social media that today's brought, you know, people want to show what they're doing and work, you know, like, I'm at the gym. I did a power clean of 185 for one rep or, you know, whatever it is, you know, they just want to show it on social media, but it, it doesn't matter what you show them. It matters what you can produce on the field. So that one rep isn't going to produce, you know, success. You got to continue to do that. Um, I don't really know how to put that into words, um, but you get what I'm saying. No, I agree. I think what you're saying is, is basically that um, you need to, if you're not doing it for yourself, and your and, and your personal goals, like I just mentioned, uh, it's going to resonate later. It's going to come out. It's going to come out in the field probably that you, you you might be doing this for mom and dad. You might be doing this just 
simply for the popularity, like, oh, some credit school, all these people see that I'm getting looked at by colleges. And if it's not an internal love and a passion for the kicking or the punning or the snapping in terms of what we talk about in this show, it's going to come out at the worst of times. And I think that you truly loved what you were doing. And I think that's important. Yeah, hundred percent. You, you, just, you just hit the nail on the head of what I was trying to get across there. Um, I mean, my dad, were talking the other day and he's like, you never, I never pushed on you. You did it all yourself. And, you know, he thinks that's, you know, why I did have the success I did. Um, you know, he wasn't the one waking me up to go to the gym at 5 a.m. He wasn't the one packing my lunch full of, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I used to bring a loaf of bread to school with a PB and uh, peanut butter um, jar and a jelly jar. And I had to put on weight because I was small and skinny. So, you know. Um, all that was on myself, but yeah, I think it's right. It does take an internal, you know, I wanted to, I had a goal and I, you know, was on a mission to achieve it. So I think you're right. You know, it's gotta be internal. Amen. So you had to kick, I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you had to kick a few times at old dominion. You were obviously recruited as a punter and you played right away and you actually played every game while you were there. Uh, but can you explain to the high school specialists? Cause that's a large population of this show who listen can you explain the importance of versatility and why it's a good idea for high school punters to kick and for high school kickers to practice punting? Um, yeah, it's really important. Um, I'm kind of calling myself out here. Yeah, I did go in there and kick a couple of times, but it's important to be ready because, you know, you'll get one extra point block, you'll miss an extra point. Um, uh, so my name was called on week three or four when we were going to play to NC State. Um, one of our kickers got hurt. Another one wasn't performing the week before, so they called on me. Um, and say, can you still do it? Well, I kind of hung it up and not really practice. I still have the ability to do it and I can pick it back up pretty quick. Um, but I regret not being more prepared because that could have been my job for four years if I hadn't stopped um, punting or stopped kicking or training as hard as I was kicking. Um, so my name was called on and uh, I went out there and performed, um, made an extra point, made a field goal. And then the following week, <laughs> I went downhill um, but I think it's important to have that because especially after the college level, when you go to the NFL, um, there's only two guys on the team. So, you know, that's important when you get to that level. That's a, uh, a degree of separation. So uh, I think it's really important to do that. You're only shorting yourself. You're cheating yourself. If you're not doing it, you're cheating yourself. Um, I can also say the guys behind me, um, the kickers and punters that I've seen that are really good. One guy that comes to mind is Nick Vogel. Um, that kid can is small but can boot the crap out of a – a punt um, if his name was to be called on. So, yeah, I think that it increases your value. I don't think I know because when I talk to these special teams coordinators, one of the one of the most frequent things they say that they they really don't like to hear from a potential recruit is when they ask him. So, yes, we obviously are recruiting you as a kicker, but if something goes down and it did at Old Dominion, it did for you when you were at, at NC State, where you had to to do something that you weren't familiar with, which was kicking. Uh, they don't like when kids say, I'm just a kicker. You know, I never practice punting. I never have. I never will. Uh, they almost shut it down and they say my focus is in one thing. And I know that doesn't seem like a negative because it is important to focus on one and be great in one. However, like you mentioned, we are a weird separate entity in this football game. And there are there are not very many of us on a roster at any level. Uh, sometimes it's pretty scary how, how little – specialists there are on a major FBS team you might have four on a team that you'd expect to have 12 on 
And with that being said, two of them could be snappers. And then you're left with one kicker and one punter. If your punter goes down and your kicker's never kicked, we might have a linebacker going out there. We have no idea. And there goes our field position and there goes the game. So I think it's of the utmost importance for the 15, 16, and 7-year-olds listening to the show. You have all the time in the world to have a secondary position. You're not going to be a linebacker. I'm not saying go try and be Bailey Kate and play quarterback in high school. However, I am saying it is very important to get the fundamentals down and find a way to find time to get better at it with the full expectation that it is your secondary sport or, or position, you know? Yeah, for sure. I just think it's, you know, you just have to be able to, to do it fluently. I don't think you have to be great at it. You just got to be able to, to get by. I don't, they got to be able to put you in and be able to have success and not be a big drop off. It's all it is. So, um, you know, it doesn't take a lot to do that. Um, so that's my thought on it. If it came down to me and you at Old Dominion and I'm a pure kicker ha- having never punted and you dabbled with kicking, but you were a true punter, they're taking you mm-hmm. because you're more, you're more serviceable. You have more to offer than me. Yeah. So I think it's like you, what you said is true. I love that word is be fluent, uh, know what the expectations are, know where the block point is, know how to hold the ball, <clears throat> uh, drop the ball frequently because that's something that can be done well with practice. Um, but I want to move on to another question. This is very important. This is what the kids always ask me when they email me for suggestions. They want to talk more and more about recruiting. And I, I, I think it is a very, very important subject to discuss. And I think it's most important to hear perspectives from people who went through it recently, which was you. Um, could you explain a little bit about your process, perhaps uh, what it came down to, why you made the decision to ultimately pick Old Dominion? Um, I think specialist recruiting is something that is like none other. Um, we're not getting those offers as freshman, sophomore, no matter how good you are. Um, there might be a guy or two that gets that sophomore offer um, that I've seen on the internet. But really, that doesn't mean anything until it boils down to signing day. What you do your senior year is going to be your final tape. Um, that's going to take a long way. Uh, I think my recruiting process was late. Um, like I think most guys are, I don't think it doesn't get started. So I didn't really start getting recruited until the summer of 15, um, going into 16 was my graduation year. So summer 15, um, I went to a couple college camps um, in person, which I think are the best college camps to go to. I don't care. Um, yeah, I think those camps that are put on for showcases are great to see where you line up and if you do good at them that's fantastic that's going to put you right up on the boards of some of these college coaches but if you don't do good there I think it's great to go get in front of these college coaches and let them hear the ball come off your foot see it come off your foot um you get to talk to them they get to work with you they get to know if you're coachable um so uh, going to those camps is where I met um you know who ended up being my special teams coordinator um was at Vanderbilt um, we can get into that a little bit later, but, uh, I met the guy there and, um, he really liked what I did. And I was, I was getting recruited by Vanderbilt as between me and a couple other guys got to meet the head coach and um, brought up on my own visit. You know, it was different. That visit I got brought up on was so different than other, every other visit I went on. Um, you know, it was just me, everyone was there to cater to me. And that's how, you know, when you're really getting recruited to these guys, like a lot of these coaches, you know, um if they send you a letter it doesn't really mean a whole bunch I'm not trying to knock it if you're getting these letters but there's a difference between getting recruited and just being on someone's mailing list and I think that's really important um anyways let me get back to 
Um, so I was at Vanderbilt. I was getting recruited by them heavily. Um, Jacksonville State was someone I was getting recruited heavily by going into my senior year, but that was really it. I getting no more looks. Um, played my senior year. I had a solid year, I thought. Um, and then it came to the end, and I still uh, – Vanderbilt had offered another guy. Um, Jacksonville State, I was still talking to, nothing official. So I went to one of these camps that I was talking about, one of these bigger camps, and I performed really well at it. Um, got ranked number one in the state. Um, and that kind of boosted me, I should say. So it's kind of going against what I said, don't go to those camps. But um, that boosted well, – Well, you did well. I, yeah, you did well. I did. Yeah. I did really well. So, I and I. So you mentioned that. I think you have to perform to the standard of a five-star for those to work for you. Do you agree? I 100% agree. You can if – you're, if you're not in the top guy or the top two guys at your position, it's, it's a waste. Um, not a waste, but it's not, you're not going to get the full benefits out of it. If you're a middle pack of the guy, they're not looking at the middle pack of the guy. They're looking at the top 1%, 2%, because that's what's going to make it to the big boy on um, the big stage. So I went there. Uh, it was in Georgia. I did really good. Um, after that camp, they posted it um, online. And as soon as it got posted on, I had like six or seven coaches follow me. Um, Sam Houston State was one. I had a Georgia special teams quality control. But uh, a guy named Mike Zazowski um, from Old Dominion, followed me, messaged me, got on a phone call, talked. This is a little bit about the recruiting process. I talked to him. He said he's going to come down and see me. The next day, I see two guys that I know get offered by Old Dominion. After this coach had just told me he's going to come see me and all this stuff, like in-home visit. Um, so I call him back the next day. I said, What's, what happened? He's like, those guys aren't going to commit to me. So I just wanted to say that because it's a business. Um, you know, they told me they were going to come down and see me. If one of those guys were committed, I'd been off the board for him. Um, so anyways, like two weeks go by, the guy comes down and sees me, offers me at home. Um, only coach I know at Old Dominion. Um, only relationship. So then the weekend before signing day, I go up there and visit. I get to meet some of the coaches, but it's still not that relationship I have with the one coach that's recruiting me. Um, I fell in love with the school, and I think that was important. I fell in love with school. Um, it was far enough from home, but it wasn't far enough where I couldn't get home if I needed to. Um, I signed. Friday comes. I signed on a Wednesday. Friday comes. My coach is calling me. I got fired. So my one coach that I knew um, at Old Dominion that I had relationships gone. So now I'm just committed to the school at the point. I've already signed. They, they blocked me in. Um, so I think it's important to really choose a school that you feel like you're fit in. Um, Cause that could have been a disaster. Um, looking back at it, it could have been a huge disaster for me. Um, but thankfully it was a full scholarship I was taking care of. Um, and then four weeks later, I get a call from my old uh, Vanderbilt coach and I'm like, what's this guy calling me for? Sure enough. He's like, I'm your new special teams coordinator. And I had animosity. Or I don't know if the right word. I had some feelings towards this guy because he led me on. Um, I took it personal. So don't take it. And what I'm saying there is don't take it personal. This is, it's a business. These coaches are um, working to feed their family. Um, so I'd take everything they say with a grain of salt and go from there. So what I heard is this, you said, if anyone's listening to this, they need to rewind that last two minutes. Cause there's a lot of information and here's my takeaway. Training is essential. And I think that you did that. You, you took that seriously. You prepared for moments like a Coles showcase in Georgia, right? Uh, I think that Coles kicking and there's a few others that are doing a fantastic job as far as showcasing ability. And I think that the disconnect, however, is this, um, their, their star system 
yes, there's five stars and yes, those are the standard. And that's what we all expect across the board in football. However, there are no one stars. There are no two stars and there's a few threes, right? So the baseline is a three star, whereas the baseline in football is a one star. So a three star in running backs is a kid that's going to play at ODU. Maybe mm-hmm. a kid that's a, th- a kid that's a three star with Coles is not probably good enough to play at a lot of high schools. And I'm just being honest. And I think, and I, and you know me, I've coached you for years. I am not one to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell you where you stand with me, where you stand with yourself and where you, where your goals are and where, where is the disconnect? Where, where do you need to go to get where you want to go? And I think it's through training. And I think that you need to look at the standards of these showcases. And of course, like you said, the one and 2%, the, the, the top 10 of 500 kids or so, are going to be the kids that get serviced, that get offers. You need to look at the standard. Just like you look at an ACT or an SAT standard, if you don't meet those standards, going to those events is not going to improve your ranking. Training will improve your ranking. So if if you don't meet the five-star standard at 15, I would hold off and, and wait till maybe 16 to go to when you're a little bit better and you meet the standards that are required of you. Uh, Another thing I love what you said is it is no doubt of business. And I would like to explain to these high school kids listening that college coaches, they might want Bailey Kate, but they also realize that Bailey Kate, who mentioned I had seven coaches add me yesterday, they think and expect that Bailey is probably entertaining three or four other colleges as well. So it's, it's a very gray area on both ends. You feel a little disrespected. They feel a little disrespected if they find out that you are, in fact, maybe number three on your board. You know, uh, they want to hear that you want to go to Old Dominion and, and you're set in stone, but they're still going to flirt with other, other kids. And that's a matter of fact, you know. So I think it's awesome what you said. It's not the sexiest thing to say, but it's the truth. And the truth oftentimes hurts. And you you can't take it personally. I love what you said. You can't. In business, you can't take things personally either. It's bottom line and you move on if it doesn't work out. Because if you you quit, you quit. Someone else will take your job. Yeah. Can I I follow up on something you said there with the 15, 16-year-olds going to these camps, these these ranking camps? So Of course. I actually did that after my sophomore year. I got one of these invites from, I'll name dropping Coles, and it was in Atlanta, the same one I went to my senior year. And I was like, oh, man, Dad, check this out. I'm getting invited. Like, it made me feel special, you know? And so you go up there, and I did all right. But I got ranked three and a half. And then they send out a letter later on. Um, that summer it's like oh you're invited to the national showcase up in Wisconsin right and it's like in this nice fancy letter you're like oh I gotta go to this so I go to it um, and there's you know so many guys up there it's a it's a great spot to see where you're at and land against everyone and I go there and I just get absolutely just I'm not nothing I was just I was nothing I was at the bottom of the list so there's your point there I was at the bottom of the list and that's kind of in the time that I found um, you and I just went to train and I just focused on myself. Um, I knew that going to those camps wasn't going to help me. Um, so I just didn't go back until I was ready after my senior year. And you can see the difference that I made. I didn't have to go between um, 16, 17, my junior, sophomore year to go to get ranked and be, you know, a division one athlete um, or play at the biggest level. I just went that one time when I was ready and I performed. So um, when your name's called upon, you just got to go perform at those camps. And another thing I want 
take on is that I see is these guys go to these smaller camps and I'm not knocking these smaller camps that get rankings, but take the number one guy from that smaller camp that's getting ranked at the top and go put him at one of these bigger showcases. And I'm not advertised for the bigger showcases either, but that guy at that little one, um, you know, thinks he's the best in the country, but go compete at where the best are and see where you really line up. So I challenge guys to go to the big ones and get compete. Absolutely. And I, you know, I can think of a kid, I won't name his name, but he, there's a kid that is exclusively with one smaller company and he is uber talented, Mm -hmm. but I think that a kid that talented, he's 17 years old right now. He needs to go to a bigger showcase. Like you mentioned to, to see in fact, if he's the best in a larger population of people and it's math, right? If you're the best over here in camp a, and there's 10 kids um, and you know, you go over to a camp that has a hundred, it's 10 times more likely that you're not going to be number one, but if you can Mm -hmm. prove that there's value there, you know, a hundred percent. So I love what you said. I do, I I do see that the upside to to go into the smaller camps is we, you know, football, like life is, is relationships. And a lot of people in my industry have good relationships with specific regions of the country or levels of play like division two FCS, so I, I think that networking and going and kicking in front of several guys like myself, it's valuable because mm-hmm. we all have, we all have our own network, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that, but it, it gets expensive and, you know, really? I'd be happy to, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to a kid. If, 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 if there's a budget, I I'd be happy to share with what I think your dollar could stretch furthest for. Um, I want to switch the subject to something that, and I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here in as many years as I've worked with you, I don't know if you know this, but I couldn't recall. I thought about this last night. I couldn't recall a time that you freaked out or you beat yourself up to where it was like uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is I worked with a guy yesterday that had a bad day. Uh, not really a bad day in terms of his performance because he did pretty well. I gave him like a B for himself, but he drove six hours to get to see me. Um, he didn't sleep well. And I told him prior to training, I was like, fully expect that you're not going to be your best version of yourself. And you could see the emotional instability coming out because of lack of sleep and fatigue. And it, yes, it affected his performance a little bit on the adverse side, but back to you, I don't think that you always came and saw me feeling great. However, I think that you found a way to flip a switch when you walk out on, on a field And your focus was entirely on bettering yourself and realizing that through training, which oftentimes there's failure, you didn't let that get to you. You you, you failed and you came back and you tried again. You failed and you got a little bit better. You failed and you got a little bit better. And now all of a sudden you're not failing anymore. You're tasting success. So can you explain the importance of mindset and preparation, especially in college athletics? Oh man, that's loaded. Um, I think there's, especially as a kicker, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs, you know, you're not going to hit your A ball um, every time, you know, what I'm aiming for is hit my B plus every time. So I think it's important, you know, the only thing that matters is the next ball. It doesn't matter the last ball because that's done and over. You can't do nothing about that. Um, There's plenty of times, um, you know, I had a bad ball and it's the coach, Coaches know you're going to have a bad ball, but how are you going to respond to that bad ball is what they want to see. Um, and I think you um, mentioned on that one time, wasn't it Cairo that had a ball at the combine and he missed one? Yep. You know, that's a, that's a story that sticks out to me. 
Um, and I remember you preaching that it's, it's, this is the next ball. So how are you going to respond to adversity? I guess my question is though, cause you are good at this and you probably still are great at this in your professional life, but is this practice? Is this acknowledgement that sometimes, because you're a human, I, I, I fully expect that you have your moments maybe privately where yes, you get a little emotional and you get a little hot and you find a way I'm sure quicker than me to regulate yourself and realize that this state of mind I'm in is not going to help me out of a bad situation. Was this, is this innate? Were you born with this or is this something that you just practiced? It's just practice. I think, um, I, I guess it's from all that time being on the field, all that work, you know, there's plenty of times when I was having bad days, but it's, it's like, how am I going to, so when I have a bad day, when I come back tomorrow, how am I, going to make sure that doesn't happen and what am I going to change you know so um I think it was a mindset I always wanted to get better I knew it was a process um you know you can't this is something my college coach always preached you can't um you can't do the same things over and over expecting different results it's called insanity that's what the definition of sandy is so if I wasn't liking the results I was getting I would change something and find out what that niche was. So it was just a drive to want to get better. I think, I think that's what it all comes down to is going down to a drive to come and get better and don't let, you know, one little thing dictate how the rest of the day is going to go. Amen. I just think it's, it's, it's important, right? Because you, you didn't have a perfect career. No one does. So I, I imagine there was a couple balls that you hit that put your team in a bad spot, your defense, especially, and you probably didn't get to punt again for another 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you're on the sideline. If you're one of those people that can't put that behind you, that negative moment behind you, and now focus on the next thing, mm-hmm. I think I think you're in a lot of trouble because you're going to bring that back on the field, and it's probably going to reflect. Mm-hmm. And you're going straight, and you're going straight to the bench too. If you do it two times in a row, so I think that's also important. It's like. You're going to have – I had a 17-yard punt out of bounds off the right side of my foot against FAU, like my senior year. My All my friends are at, up at the stadium first time up to school. Everyone's there. You know, like, what? what's my rebound? You know, the next ball was a 54-yard ball over on the numbers, you know, fair catch inside the 20. So, you know, you can't – I think that just goes back. You can't let that last ball affect it or else I'm going to be on the bench. I'm If I do that again and I don't – you know, rebound from that, I'm going to the bench. There's someone waiting there to come on the field and take my job. So um, it's definitely a mindset. And um, yeah, you just, it's something you got to work at and practice. Thank you so much for that. That's a great example to uh, probably your worst punt of your career. And then you followed it up with one of your, probably one of your best punts of your career, probably one mm-hmm. of the best punts of the season too. Um, so I have one more question. Uh, you're in Fort Myers now. And for those that aren't Floridians, that is <laughs> Southwest Florida, about as far as you can get on that corner. Uh, can you share what life is like after college football and, and what you're up to? Um, yeah, life after college football slows down a lot. You know, you're not up at 6 a.m. Uh, sweating, running. Um, but uh, it's good. You know, college football prepared me. Um, I work as a manufacturer sales rep now. So I travel all the way from Northport, which is a little bit north of that, south of Tampa, all the way over to Miami. I work anywhere in between. Um, I hustle. So I'm a sales rep. Like I'm out there walking into uh, people's showrooms trying to sell them my products. So I think um, college football prepared me for that uh, as it's always a grind. It's always as much as I work, as much as I'm going to make. 
Um, so I think that's really projected me. Um, and I think it puts me above. I work with old people that don't have no, that have no work ethic, that are lazy, that are, you know, I could go on about this. So like being an athlete and taking it serious and, you know, doing what it takes to be successful as an athlete will set you up later on life to be successful because I'm surrounded by people that are jokes. And I, I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but. No, I, I was just going to say that I, I credit my experience at Miami for so many things. Like I'm structured. I live by a schedule. I'm uber competitive. I like to be around successful people um, who are better than me in a lot of ways. I think that's the only way to live. I think that people that uh, find themselves looking for people who are inferior to them are people who are the most insecure because it's almost like how they draw their personal strength. I get stronger. I get stronger through strong people. I get stronger through people I look up to um, mm -hmm. who I aspire, not aspire to be like, but who I have a lot of respect for where they are in their life and not just kicking and coaching, but just, you know what I mean? Successful yeah. people, grind, grinders, you know, people that are not scared to work. And I'm not saying that uh, if you're not a student athlete in college, you're not going to develop these skills, but I am saying that it is probably the best experience that I've had uh, as a human being is those three or four years around student athletes who are driven, who are competitive and have a common goal. Um, so I want to thank you so much for this. This is, this has been an awesome, awesome experience for me. I've learned a lot about you. I, I learned a few things like I was saying in pre-recording that I didn't even know about you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why I love, love doing this. So mm -hmm. if you could, if there's always one person that usually would like to just reach out to you, could you share a way or two that a student athlete or a listener could get a hold of you on social media? Yeah. So I don't really use Twitter that much, but I have one. Um, it's my name, Bailey Kate, and then number three. And then you can really get a hold of me at Instagram. Um, it's my name again, Bailey Kate 96. Um, Y'all feel free to reach out with any questions, whether it's regarding recruiting. Um, I'm not a coach, so I can't really coach you up, but I can give you advice um, if you have questions. So I'm open to answering any questions you may have. Thank you so much, Bailey. It, it means a lot to everyone here at Fourth Down Focus that you're able to share a little bit about your story. Please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, and share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. It has endless resources for specialists and coaches. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter are at fourthdownu. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by searching at Dan space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bets Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest, and I hope 2021 is still treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.